There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction, where I talk to someone very special about their life in clothes, and together we explore all sorts of other things too. This is our 18th Zoom episode and was recorded in August 2020. We love hearing from you, so can you drop us a line to help at mywardmail.com and we're always, always after your clothing stories for our pyjama party section, so please keep those coming too. Do subscribe, rate and review and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail and you can find our website at mywardmail.com. Right, on to today's special guest, the phenomenally talented Nicola Benedetti, virtuoso violinist and founder of the Benedetti Foundation. Do check out the work of the foundation at thebenedettifoundation.org. It's hugely inspiring. And make sure you listen to Nicola's new Elgar album, which is out now too. So, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. overall because I am with Nicola, Nikki, Nicola Benedetti. My, my knowledge of classical music is very basic but having researched you, I mean you are, you're so, it's, it's the passion with which you play is something I've I never understood before. Passion it takes to play the quality with the quality you do. Well thank you very much. I talk about it with young people a lot it's one of those strange things and inhibitions you have to very quickly rid yourself of um if you're going to go into any world of expression and and music making but um with with what we call classical music so much of the time we're really delving into cultures and periods of history that are not all that uh, similar to our kind of daily normal walking lives um, but of course it's a practice in deep empathy and trying to understand who those people were how they expressed themselves um, and a lot of the people that we uh, whose music we, we play um, the reason we do play it and still give so much time and reverence to it is that sort of um, we feel like they, they were saying things that spoke across time and saying things that are um, a really profound whole human story. And um, that, um, the study of that is definitely the biggest privilege of, of the thing that I do for a living, is being able to kind of peer inside the minds of people that thought that way and felt that way and were able to you know, put it in some sort of written code that we can then look at and interpret. I mean, do you think that music, more than anything, is um, 
more than art, even if you're looking at old masters or Renaissance art, music, classical music, is a window into the past more than any other genre, artistic genre. I think what music does probably better than a lot of other um, art forms of, or way that, ways that we, we tell stories of who we are and who we were and of course who we want to be and how they are completely inextricable. Um, I think what music does is, is, what really good music does is present all sorts of different concepts of humanity at one time. So it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where you can, you know, we can all be listening to exactly the same thing. And if you were to put together the reactions and emotions of all those people that are listening to the same notes, but how complex and how different and how diverse and broad our interpretation of that is and our understanding of it is. Um, you know, it, I, and also, I think that music does that thing of, of capturing inside you and sort of almost um, either clarifying or mirroring or um, bringing to the surface um, things that we tend to get a bit clogged and confused about. Like, do we really feel this towards something or this towards something or this? And I think music for me always takes me into the state of it doesn't have to be this or, or, or. It can be all of these things together. And actually that's okay. You know, that's a, um, a, a, a thing to em embrace and, and uh, go, go on a journey of understanding more about that complexity of, of who, who we are. I find it gives me permission to feel the emotions I'm feeling at that time rather than trying to you know block them out it it kind of if you listen to a piece of music based on your emotions um, good or bad it'll exacerbate them and if they're bad feelings it will soothe ease them or part you know your rage and then it will park them so I, I do I totally hear what you say yeah. But, so, darling, what have you been doing in lockdown? You've had no concerts and you've got this amazing um, foundation. You've been doing the online. Is, is it Zoom that you've been doing it with all the kids and everyone? I mean, it's just the most joyous thing I've ever seen. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, it was uh, mostly done on Zoom, but we, we wanted it to be a sort of mix of, uh, you know, more of a specific sign up participation, like you're really signed up to a three week process or uh, I mean, since we, we did one massive virtual sessions is what we called it, um, massive workshop that lasted three weeks and culminated in a big concert of everybody coming together, except for we weren't physically together. But um, And since then, we've been doing sort of lots of little mini versions of it. So things that just last a week or last two weeks. Um, but um, no, we did it on a, a mix of platforms between Zoom, YouTube, Facebook, a little bit on Instagram, um, because we're always with a mindset, you know, if we're doing something that's 
worthy and something that's good. We want to share it as widely as possible. And one of the most beautiful things to come out of this period is actually you understand that through a screen, you can get around a lot of the um, logistical and often financial um, barriers that people have to not be able to attend an actual workshop that takes place in London or in Glasgow or wherever it may be, um, suddenly you have this window that provided somebody has an internet connection and a screen somewhere, they can access what you have to give them. And what was so moving and so shocking was the sense of community people felt and how close we felt to one another. And um, uh, it was, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had seven and a half thousand official participants, but many more people just sort of joining in. Obviously, YouTube, anybody can just click on the video and watch. Um, and the number of letters we received from, you know, little 10 year olds, from parents, grandparents, older siblings, you know, whole families just saying that um, to have something that brought everybody together during a time and it wasn't a completely it was uplifting and it was emotional but it wasn't completely frivolous either it was really quite you know, you had to, yeah you had to work at something exactly and do it together um it was it was shocking how human the whole experience was if, if that makes sense i mean i can't believe there's ever been anything like it before where there's been this kind of collective experience and and um learning on such a large scale I, I can't think of anything where that would have happened before well i i haven't i haven't seen it um you know a lot of um uh you know summer camps and summer schools and also education programs that do work all year round they've been so I would say actually the most creative work that I've seen in terms of dealing with the lockdown has come out of the education community yeah. the education world they've been so inventive with how they've um kind of uh, repositioned themselves and how they've communicated with young people um but I would say like for us it was it was our whole mission as a foundation will has been changed for the better and forevermore by that experience. I'm sure a lot of a lot of people. It's the first time they've ever had the opportunity to get involved in something like this. So maybe post lockdown, when they can, people can get together, they will then go physically. So it's been, yeah. it's been yeah. amazing. Um, so you've got the BBC Proms on the third of September in front of no one. I mean, how's that going to be for you? I honestly don't know how I how I feel about it. Like on the one hand, you know that I mean we we've had a lot of practice playing for a screen, knowing that there's people on the other end of that screen. So you know we'll be playing for a TV and radio audience, um, but um, you know a lot of people have been doing not a lot, but some people have been doing extremely socially distanced audiences. So just having you know forty yeah. people in a space that could hold thousands but also like I mean if you look at France for example they've been putting on full-on concerts for like a month now they've had yeah. concert halls literally filled with people um in in Vienna in um Prague in so many cities around the world they they've kind of worked out a way to do that and so we're 
we're behind. We're just behind and constantly flip-flopping. And I understand that there is, you know, I, I think it's a mistake to, you know, push for really strict uh, uh, de deadlines too harshly because what happens is then something changes and you have to change. Yeah, and people get this you know, Yeah, but yeah, at the same yeah, time, let, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves that we've dealt with all of this in the best possible way. You know, we could have done things in a more organized fashion and also once you stick once you decide something stick to it like like, like yeah like have some faith in in, in decisions being made. <laughs> i hear you i hear you but it's yeah it must be it's it's because you must i mean do you rely on an audience do you i mean how much of your performance is reactive to an audience you're definitely aware of the audience and and kind of even like from a physical standpoint you sort of play out to them and you play into the audience you know and to not have that is 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 very strange but i've been i've been talking to a lot of students um about how they've dealt with this sort of change and i've been encouraging them to look at the screen as something that you actually interact with, as opposed to something that's completely static, that's kind of looking at you, that you feel sort of intimidated by. Like you've got to use your imagination to the strongest, you know, possible potential, and and look at that screen as being like kind of humanize it as much as possible. So, as a soloist in the, you've been in the public eye now. What since you're six, you were sixteen. Yeah. Um, did that have an impact on your appearance and how you saw yourself? Oh yeah, totally. Like I, um, I, I, I think internally and externally, you know, I was, uh, I felt like I was, you know, being 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 looked at through a through a magnifying glass. I was I was very. I was, I was suddenly hyper aware of, of everything and um, um, a, a strange sort of there's a strange combination of you're sort of being celebrated but I was criticized so much in those first couple of years you know bad you reviews really? concerts and um, people saying that I wasn't ready and I was way over publicized and all this kind of stuff so um, it wasn't like um, I didn't have you know, very regular very real reality checks but um, but it's it's so imbalanced, you know, you're in a position of like scrutiny past what you really either deserve or can really cope with at that age. Yeah. But Nikki, do you think that would have it would have happened to the same extent if you'd been like a kind of um, chubby, spotty little 16 year old? Or do you think because you have this kind of exotic beauty, I know you're going to disagree with me and you're going to be all humble about it, but it's the truth. Do you think your looks played into that? Well, first of all, I was a pretty spotty teenager. <laughs> Skin care, we can talk about another day, but I, um, but, uh, oh, I mean, the fact that I took an okay photo, yeah, definitely made a difference. And um, that, like, you know, you, it's not to say that there are lots of people that are really highly skilled um, 
that excel in their field that don't have a huge amount of public attention. But um, the position that I was in, you know, winning BBC Young Musician, but then I was like on the front page of the Times the next day and lots and lots of, you know, interviews and things like that. Um, I would say that um, it does happen to Young Musician um, winners, but the combination of kind of young and female and looking a certain way and also the... The, the the national support that came out of Scotland that sort of propelled that in a certain direction. Um, I think, it, yeah, I think all of those things played into a, a, a more intense level of press and, you know, definitely. I, I imagine you hated that side of it, the kind of press attention and that aspect of your job. I was sort of, um, you know, I, like, it's funny, I look back now and I almost feel like, um, where was my, I, it's it's like there's a bit of vacancy to my memory of that. Of yeah. that. And I think the reason is I had genuinely no emotion or feeling of either achievement or negativity connected to that side of things. If I did a bad concert, I was depressed. Yeah. If I did a good one, I felt like I was worth something. And like everything else was sort of insignificant and I was just sort of being pushed and pulled in this weird wave that went up and down and roundabout. But actually in terms of what was important to me, like was I playing well or not? And then relationships to people around me. And that was like, actually determined my happiness or sadness you know so everything else is sort of when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You were, you, I mean, that is, you were, I wouldn't say lucky, but fortunate. And it's a testament to your gift that it's so all-consuming. And, and also, it, must, it shows a great deal of maturity for someone of that age when you were young. And, and you know, you still are young. But to have, have just been focused on your craft is pretty amazing. Well, but if you think about my perspective, you know, I had gone to a music school from the age of 10 and um, and then what I was aware of an entire international scene of, 
young musicians that like that you know the dedication to playing and to improving and to music and to the violin and to their technique is it's so all consuming i mean think of gymnasts and young sportsmen and women but it's My like being a, a ballet dancer isn't it it's the same exactly so if you think of that and and i've got that whole yes i've got kind of the perspective of parents that um listen to abba and the Bee Gees and and like a family that neither know nor really are all that interested in that kind of like elite sort of musical thing um so i i like and the older i get the more hugely appreciative of an extremely normal perspective so, i grew yeah. up with so i had this very like normal perspective and then i also had this very intense like hyper disciplined perspective um so i was sort of always writing somewhere in between those two because i came from you know a background that wasn't that at all and was surrounded a lot by people that weren't that at all and my sister constantly telling me like oh don't be precious and don't be too this and don't be normal like basically um, yeah. and then and then but then the you know some of my friends were uh, as as deeply inside the world of classical music as possible so um yeah i think my my dedication to it was a strange mix of those two perspectives so when you're performing i guess it's kind of like when when you're you're playing in front of you know with an orchestra in front of an audience as a soloist your clothing must be as important as uh, an athlete you know what you wear so that it doesn't inhibit your your um performance yeah I, I it's really important and it's 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 actually more important for some people than others because some of us physically are more um you know some people can just put on anything and it sort of sits on them a certain way that they they're not actually that aware of what's on them but other people if they're wearing something that doesn't fit right or they're constantly like you know fidgeting about and like trying to and I'm one of those people. Like I am yes. so not comfortable in a load of things. Um, and and so when you're playing, obviously your actual position, like your shoulder. For me, can't have anything on my shoulders. I can't have anything that restricts my arm movement. And um, your whole kind of breathing area. You just want to be as free as possible. So um, I've, I've uh, I would say there's two. Um, designers that I, I've worn most of. I wore Amanda Wakely dresses for like religiously for years. Um and then more recently I've had a lot of dresses made for me by um a British designer Zain Jamal. Um and he has actually made like the last time I played at the proms I wore one of his dresses and he's made dresses that are just one shouldered. So they're very secure but at the same time extremely free. Um, and nothing kind of restricting here. Uh, and then you've got the whole sort of classical music, like, protocol or, like, expectation of being dressing a certain way. You have some, you know, amazing young people who just say, I'm wearing what I want, and they'll go out in little mini skirts and do 
exactly what they want to do. Exactly yeah, rip fishnets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit rebellious. <laughs> but you have, I mean, you, you wear wonderful colours and you've got, because of your Italian heritage, because your father, I understand, is, is Italian, you have those amazing dark looks. So for you, bright jewelled colours are fantastic. So do you wear those? I'm going to literally tell you like what I'm wearing right now. I would wear burnt orange, black, goldy colours, beige, white, my whole life. If I, like, literally I will go into a shop and I just like gravitate towards those colours. It's like a yeah. um, which always makes me laugh because they're basically the colours, apart from the black, they're the colours, no, actually the black is also on a violin. It's like every colour that's on a violin are the colours that I would go towards. Um, but uh, yeah, I do like, I'll wear red. I, if I could get a load of colors in burnt orange, I dresses in burnt orange, I would. Um, I, I have red dresses, I have some green dresses. Um, I'm not very good with pastel colors or- No, they wash you out, it's not good, no. And you need no. that power. If you're, if you're backed by an audience, uh, by an orchestra and you're the soloist, obviously you have to stand out. Yeah, my, my, when I go on stage wearing black, I get severely told off by my dad, who thinks, "Good man, I should never do that." He just is. Wear white, wear color. You want to stand out, blah blah blah. I'm like, but I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a collegial person. I want to blend in with the orchestra. He's, <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, wear color. <laughs> but he's so right. I want to meet your dad. But uh, and do you love shopping, or is it is it uh, uh, is it something you find difficult? Do you walk into a shop and go, ah, there's too much choice? Like I'm, I'm one extreme or the other. I could go into Westfield Shopping Centre or wherever and get a horrific headache within about half an hour, and just feel so drained so exhausted and stressed I'll call my mum and my sister both of them are extremely good shoppers and I'll be like what do I do I can't make any decisions or um I, if the opposite happens like I'll just be on a good streak I will try on 20 things and get them all but I but I I, I shop not regularly so when I do it's like maximum pressure I have to get everything that I that I need okay and you never shop online I'm not good at shopping online. I'm terrible at it. I've got to teach you because I never go into a shop now, ever. I will come and teach you how to shop online and I will go through all the good sites. I, I will come and do that because you're... Oh my God, please. We can document you. it. You would make me the happiest person on earth. If okay, you well, let's do that. Consider doing such a thing. Now, I really hope... Nikki, that you have had a wardrobe malfunction whilst performing. Please tell me you have. Yes. I've had, I've had two major ones um, and then many other, like, many ones. Yes. Um, so the, the first was I was wearing a dress. This was when I was really quite young and playing in a church. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I, so so I, I was... Um, wearing a dress that was like a low back and I had bought a bodysuit to go underneath the dress that was meant um, so what I didn't realize was that the, the bodysuit was like made to go with the dress beautiful dress red dress um and what I didn't realize was that 
there were little hook clips that were meant to have attached onto the straps of the bodysuit so that the straps of the dress didn't dress. Very well-made dress. It must have been expensive to have had that feature. I think, it, yeah, it was like, you know, it was, an, it was like a buy for me at the time. Okay. It was just like, this is my concert dress. And I started playing a piece, which is Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto. And um, you don't stop playing for about 10 minutes. Like you never, you don't even put your, your, your bow down at any point for a single second. So once you start playing, you're in that, your hands are occupied. I am within about, a minute this side just started you know bit by bit so by the time I got to the first time I could stop like I could take my bow off the string um the the whole I mean thank goodness I was actually wearing a bodysuit though like, so, imagine, like thank imagine, God. you know well I would have just stopped because I would have been naked on the stage and um, it was like like hat like literally down like this and the 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 strap was like down here um, and to the point where, um, uh, like, all the members of the orchestra were, like, scrambling around to see what they could do to help. So, of course, when I stopped playing, I then rolled it, you know, rolled the strap inside the thing. Yeah, and then same that thing. Twisted the same thing happened again. So between the first and second movements, the piece does stop. And somebody from the audience had to give me a, a safety pin um, to... to and my sister came to the concert and she brought three of her, of her friends. They were crying with laughter like into the concert and they were like about three or four rows away from me and the, and the next story I'll tell really quickly is is um I was this was an Amanda Wakely dress that I had worn to death and it was just gorgeous like had um just like uh where is that like top of your thighs basically and um, it, it was an insert a chiffon insert and the the whole dress kind of came out like this at the back and it was oh it was just gorgeous uh, that was also a burnt orange color and um i it it had been tearing slightly for some time and uh i decided about an hour before this particular performance that you that it was i, I should try to do something with sticky tape to like just kind of secure it in place the concert was just violin and piano and so I was faffing about with this tape um, and I had said to the, the guy that I was playing the concert with, you know, does this look okay? He was like, I'm, I'm really not sure that looks great. We had to go up the stairs to go onto, onto the stage. As I was walking up the stairs, he came up after me. He stood on the back of the chiffon dress, pulled no. the whole thing down. There was like a hole <laughs> like this big at the back. So we had to then postpone the concert. Like we were like, I can't go on stage with a hole that big. Um, and I ended up then, I mean, it was too late to sew. We couldn't find a sewing kit. I ended up with this like cluster of sticky tape at the back of my dress, walked on stage with it like that. I was playing a piece on my own at the beginning. I became so concentrated that I decided to close my eyes. And I closed, and the piece, the piece is like 45 minutes long. And I opened my eyes after maybe 20 minutes and unbeknown to me, I had been slowly turning round. So by the time I opened my eyes, the, the my back was like halfway to the audience. And I, I as I opened my eyes, I saw this guy kind of going, 
like this, like, <laughs> like, like turning, like, and I had like, literally <laughs> turned like halfway through. To the, anyway, the whole thing was just an absolute disaster. Oh um, so, God. like, those are just two of the most extreme stories. But as you can imagine, there's been many, many more. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Um, Nikki, you've obviously travelled the world with your £2 million Stradivarius, which I imagine is wrapped in maybe the Amanda Wakely dress now to protect it. Um, do you take something which you would consider to be a comfort blanket with you everywhere? I, I need your help in like sorting out my travel situation. I'm very disorganised and like you know, I see all these people traveling really, they, they're like both chic and comfortable. And I just can't, I can't quite, I can't quite get to that stage. So I, I don't know, like I, I have, I, 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 I have loved not going to airports for the last four months. Yeah, like I cannot tell you how, how there is not a single part of that other than maybe the odd nice meal at nice restaurants, at, at nice airports. That, that I don't I, there's not a single part of it that I miss um and uh but but I, I so so I, I just end up getting into these you know just not good routines of like I have the same pair of leggings and like the, my only requirement is that I have enough to keep me warm because as you know planes get absolutely freezing and I cannot stand that so, but there's nothing that you take even if it's a photograph or a charm or a bracelet or a ring is there nothing that you you can't live without no, apart from your no, violin just... that's so interesting okay well i'm gonna come so that's another thing so it's online shopping and um your travel wardrobe which i've got down to a final i only even if i'm going for two weeks i'd take hand luggage and i've got everything i need so i will teach you that um and then my darling if um what is what would be your birthday suit so let's say you were playing for her majesty Queen or the Pope or someone, what what dress would you go to that's hanging in your wardrobe now? Well, if um, I hadn't put on weight during lockdown, which I have, I would, <laughs> so if I was like my previous weight and could get into it, um, I would probably go with the Suzanne Neville dress um, that um, is just, it's like the most stunning, it's, it's navy blue uh, with a black sort of belt type thing um and it is just the most it's just a very simple kind of hourglass type thick gorgeous material sits amazingly i, I wouldn't necessarily play the hardest piece in the world in that dress because you can't breathe a hundred percent normally your breath is like a tiny little bit restricted but um it is just the most stunning dress so yeah yeah lovely Lovely. And just very quickly, what is the best uh, material to play in? Would it be like a satin or something or a silk? So something quite lightweight and fluid? Definitely. Um, I would say silk and satin are both beautiful materials to play in. Any, you want to feel like you're sort of, um, like to have a light corset or something is, is sometimes quite nice, but that the material itself on, on top of that on is top, just... Yeah. just absolutely non-restrictive well nikki you just you are you know you're extraordinary and everything you're doing you've got your new elgar album coming out or is it out already it's out already yes yeah 
and you love Elgar. I know you love yes. Elgar, and you love the man himself, and um, yeah. felt a real connection with him. Um, but yeah, so okay, I'm going to help you with clothes, and you can help introduce me properly to classical music. Is that a deal? Yes, that sounds like the best deal ever. I think I, I, think might, I, might, I might need to add a little bit more into the deal, <laughs> but I would, I would say, oh, welcome your help. Yeah, you're amazing. All right, my love. Well, listen, you take care, and thank you so much for your time, Nikki, and good luck with thank everything. Thank you for having me. Such thank a so pleasure. Much. Good so luck with the album, and good luck with the proms on, when thank are the proms? You. 3rd of September. Good luck yeah. with that, yeah. too. All thank right, my love. So take much. care. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.